Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver on a lovely Wednesday afternoon. Oh, good. I was almost late to the podcast, and you want to know why, Dimity? Of course I want to know why. Well, so um, now it takes a little longer to get out of our house because we have created a monster, and that monster is called Miller the Cat. Oh, um, no. We, um, so, um, so he was going to be an indoor cat, and... Um, but then we were like, oh, let's just let him out on the back deck just for, you know, a little bit while one of us is out there. And so that's definitely the rule that, that an adult has to be out there. Like the kids just can't take the cat out there. And, and our backyard is um, all fenced in. And it's, as you know, it's not very big. It's a city urban backyard. But, um, oh, but Miller just thinks it's, you know, a, a jungle. You think it's like the Garden of Eden out there. It is to him. I mean, you know, he's been living on tile floors in the bathroom. Right. So, so anyway, so, and, and Miller is um, typically a pretty lazy cat, even though he's still a kitten. He's, oh, I don't know, uh, nine months old, I guess. And so, anyway, so now, no matter what he's doing, the second he hears the back door, you know, someone going for the back door, he is off like a, just like a shot for the back yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so anyway, so I, he was taking a nap when I um, got, I got everything ready so I could make like an, you know, an expeditious <laughs> exit from our house. <laughs> and then I get to the van. And I'm like, dang, forgot my computer. So I'm like, oh, I know. He, so sure enough, he was there. And then, you know, I have to like try, move, no move, move, get out of my way, Miller, let me out. And, um, so, oh my gosh. So, but I mean, yesterday he was just pacing back and forth and looking out and then Jack was out with a friend and then went to, uh, go come in the back door and he likes to totally mess with the cat. So he jiggles the back door. I come downstairs. The cat is actually jumping off the ground, trying to open the back door with his oh, front paws. Tell Jack I don't like that. That's not fair. That's no teasing animals, no teasing things that are a lot, you know, uh, a hundredth of your body weight. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I've been on Jack to, um, there's a part of our yard that he particularly likes, has all these arborvitae that, um, are very prickly, um, evergreen type plant. And, um, they grow up along this fence that divides our yard from our neighbor's yard. And so I'm trying to get, so Jack will like cover every possible exit from that half of the yard and then make it so Miller can um, go out there and explore by himself. Oh, you're going to give him wings and let him fly. What a nice mother you are. I am, but you know, I'm so worried. So, and I ran this morning with Molly and, and she is a veterinarian. And um, so I was seeking her counsel and I said, oh, you know, but the thought of like him walking down the sidewalk, it's just like, you know, it would be like telling the twins that they can walk to downtown Portland, you know, like that. I just would never do that. You know, it's two miles from our house. And so, and she said, oh yeah. And it's not just the cars. I mean, Miller's such a nice, cute cat that someone could steal him. And I was like, <gasps> steal him. So... <laughs> well, does she approve of, of that plan though? Of, of you know, plastering um, him? Well, she was the one who definitely told me that indoor cats live longer and are healthy 
are healthier, although they do tend to be heavier. And um, look at you! You went from like I hate animals to like a contributing editor for Cat Fancy. Like <laughs> they tend to be heavier, but they their but their average lifespan is point seven years longer. And actually, I would think it'd be closer to two point one years longer. But oh, okay. Um, okay. And um, yeah, and oh, I mean, you know, we have a coyote in our neighborhood, and. I don't know. I just, when I see a cat, we have a lot of cats in the neighborhood. And when I see a cat just strolling down the sidewalk, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. Just, I can't believe it. Blasphemy. What's going on? Look at that hussy of a cat. Um, <laughs> and um, I just, I, I, you know, I, I have been caught by surprise by how much I love Miller. So um, the thought of something happening that. to him. I love that he's uncovered that in you. Yes. Yes. Well, and so this is going to sound very, um, because I know Miller is like a one and only cat, just like, you know, there's no one else like him. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, at some point he will have to go off to cat heaven and eat as much tuna, you know, (laughs) as his little heart desires. And, uh, and there is always more cats, you know, you will, you will find another Miller and not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, um, endless supply of great cats who need homes. Yeah, I know. But I really feel like, I mean, he is exactly what I wanted. So I feel like we really lucked out, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I, I just. there's a way to make it so you could just give him like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's there's pet shops galore now. I'm sure that there's some way, like you could just give him like almost a, a I want to say a cage, but that's not the right like a thing. Habit, like a cat habit trail. There are things like that that you can do kind of cat runs, you know, and make almost Let's like... go outside, yeah, without being outside, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, I told Molly about that theory because I was talking to another friend about that and Molly got kind of a um, pursed look on her face and she was just like, mm, no, those are kind of goofy, you know, to just put the yeah. cat like in like a, you know, the cat in the plastic bubble type scenario. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting, you know, when you leave for whatever and you leave uh, the TV channel on like a fish tank or a bird... <laughs> You know, birds flying around or something like that. You're like, oh, am I giving my cat like a little bit? This 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 is kind of pushing it over the edge. Just yeah, a little bit. yeah. But he did, but, it, but if you do leave your television on for your animal. We don't judge. We don't judge. We just don't do that in these in these parts. Yeah, no, no. So anyway, so so Dimity, I I hear you got I hear you got a race coming up this weekend. Well, this is going to air though after the race. Oh, right? I know. Well, it will. But yeah, but, I know. But yeah, there's we're some... all time warpy here at another mother runner. But yes, my Iron Man is now. I leave for Spokane. Is it Spokane or Spokane? Spokane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spokane, Washington, um, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that'll be Thursday. And then I have Friday to check in. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to check in by four o'clock on Friday. They mm-hmm. require that. And then Saturday, I go check in Lyle and like 17 bags. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to be so organized for this race. There's a, there's a, um, a bike bag so that has all my biking stuff mm-hmm. that um so when i come out of the water they strip me out of my wetsuit mm-hmm. favorite part of the race um and then they hand me my bike bag so that's got everything in it uh-huh. and they bring me lyle so i mean it's like concierge service oh well never mind that i gotta go ride ride the bugger for 112 miles but it's nice to have that kind of service um and then there's a special needs bag halfway through the bike and the run so that's two more bags um, so that's three bags. And then there's a run bag, which is what I get when I come in and they take Lyle from me. And mm-hmm. um, and then there's like a morning bag for all my stuff 
Like, so if I wear my sweats there in the morning uh-huh. and like, you know, I mean, so that's five bags I got to pack. Uh-huh. But, so that's, but I'm off, M- that's I'm top here. That's but. M-O-R-N-I-N-G, not M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Yeah, not my morning bag. <laughs> <laughs> they give you the morning bag when you're sorry that it's all over at the end. Yeah, Is that right? Exactly. I'll just fill my tears with it. Um, and uh, so anyway, so yeah, so then so Saturday is my day to check everything and stay off my feet. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Sunday, rock and roll time. Mm-hmm. 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 So oh. yes, so we um, so uh, we chose to talk about race anticipation as our topic today. Anticipation. So, yeah, so let's back up a little bit from from Saturday and you being off your size 14 feet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Women, size 14 women's, mind you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. It translates to 12 and men's, which translates to now I'm going to get weird emails from people that are obsessed with big feet. So thanks for that, Sarah. Thanks. As if you don't already get those emails. Hey, you know what? That's a, that's a podcast for another time. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about when does the reality of a race start to set in for you? You know, it's usually for me this. So, I mean, the thing about it is, is, is this, this whole iron mother experience is like its own bucket, its own chapter. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't fit with any other race that I've ever done. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, typically for me, for a race, the reality of a race sets in the morning of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just because that's just my attitude, you know, like I just, I just, you know, go in, I mean, a marathon probably would set in, I mean, it's been so long since I've done a marathon. Um, so, you know, that would probably set in a couple of days before, but a half marathon or even like, you know, a half Ironman where I am standing right now, like with my, my perspective and that, that just feels like, okay, just get up and get it done. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm almost speechless from that answer, Dimini. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, although you do talk a little bit out of both sides of your mouth, which is a unique quality for someone doing a podcast, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, because you do obsessively check the weather. Before... Oh, I, I worry about the weather, but I don't worry about the race. Mm. Like I don't worry about the effort until that morning. I guess that that's probably what I, I should clarify. Oh, hey. I, wor- I worry about the weather. And obviously if I'm traveling to a spot, I mean, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm concerning myself with those details and all that, but I don't get that kind of, I'm really nervous, kind of nauseous, yuck feeling until that morning. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I no. go to bed the morning, the night before and be like, oh, you know, like I just, it just doesn't phase me at this point in my running career. Oh, yeah. Oh, I completely agree with that. But I mean, just the, your mind, uh, uh, so this race aside, the Iron Man aside, your yeah. mind doesn't start to kind of swirl and think about some of the possibilities and um, that yeah. sort of thing. I mean, I may be contradicting what I said in a previous podcast, which is entirely <laughs> possible. Um, but it really, you know, like, I mean, I'm thinking back to some half marathons like Nashville and Ogden and the Denver one. And, you know, I just, I don't remember, you know, I mean, it's, it's the weather and it's my outfit and probably what I'm eating, you know, the night or two before, but, um, Oh, I don't, huh. Yeah, I just I don't I, I don't know. Well, tell me about what you do, because then maybe that'll that'll maybe Jogs help me thoughts. Yeah. 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 So I mean, for me, um, I've and I've written about this on our website, but that um, the, the for me, the reality of a race 
sets in for kind of the first time when I see an expiration date on a dairy product that says, you know, that the date is after my race or the day of the race. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So like I'll be in, you know, I was in the dairy aisle of Trader Joe's in April sometime and my most recent big race was Vancouver Marathon and that was May 5th. And I remember standing there and being looking at the jug of milk and being like, <gasps> May 5th, 2013, that's the day of the race. Like <laughs> just starts my mind to swirl as I'm standing there holding that 2% milk. And then, you know, every time I pour it on my kids' cereal or get their milks ready for dinner, it's like, <gasps> marathon, marathon. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's such a good, uh, that's a good, you know, very random, but great connection. Um, well, and as you know, with me, I'm not great with dates. So that wouldn't apply to me at all. <laughs> right. I'd be like, well, this is a funny. I mean, so I write our newsletter that goes out every month. And, oh, you um, do? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. You proofed it. And, um, and so um, I put, for the June and July events, I put June 24th, Dimity Because oh, no. <laughs> Iron Mother. And you wrote back, you were like, you dingbat, it's June 23rd. <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, 10 days before the race. Like, I'm like, still got the date wrong. So I guess that's kind of, that's a good example of kind of my mindset going into most races. Well, also because I remember even, I don't know, late last year, early this year, you'd always be like, when you talk about it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's like June 22nd, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> you know. So, I, my, yeah, my daughter's birthday is June 28th, so I kind of have, that date is obviously cemented in my mind, and so I don't know if I have space for another June date to remember, so... <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank God for eye calendars on your iPhone to send you reminders or something like that. (laughs) So you, so, I mean, when you're noticing all your dairy products, I mean, are you in taper mode or are you still kind of training hard? Well, I mean, so, you know, it depends on what dairy product we're talking about. I mean, eggs, (laughs) you know, eggs last a really long time. But, um, you know, and my beloved Greek yogurt, um, so that's typically, I mean, I usually get that one. Those dairy products start to show up around the time of the longest run. So uh-huh. it all kind of swirls together. And it's, you know, I don't know, as, as I get toward the end of a training cycle, then that's when I start to sometimes think, oh, have I done enough of them? You know, should I have really done 21 instead of 20 in that last long run or whatever? And or, oh, boy, you know, I never really did all that many of the... um Gosh, I don't even remember the what, what are those things called at the end of a run? When the stride. strides, thank you. I knew it began with an S. Um, and uh, so you know that's definitely something that I cut out of a lot of my runs. And I think, oh, I sh- can we turn the clock back and I get to d- add those strides? <laughs> I will do those strides. I promise you, I will. That's like everybody. That's like foam rolling, you know, core work, planking, all that stuff. You're like, I will do this. I I will do it this time. And then you get to it and you're like, ah, eh, it's okay without it. And then Dan, you're like. <laughs> Dang it, I should have done it. Yeah, should have, would have, could have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, that's interesting. I mean, you know, again, my perspective is a little whacked right now because I've been thinking about this for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I, right now, I am not having any feelings like I wish I would have done more. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like I am perfectly trained, you know, for, for the goal that I want to get, which is to feel strong and, mm-hmm. and have a good race, you know, and smile. Right. And, uh, you know, if I wanted to qualify for Kona, then obviously, you know, I have not done enough work for that. And I, and I don't want to qualify for Kona because <laughs> that means that'll be way too hard. And then that means I have to go do it again. Right. Um, so, um, so, so yeah, I, again, like my perspective, you know, I mean, because for most of my races for the past six years, they have been mostly just kind of 
fun, you know, pushing myself for some. Um, I mean, one race that I remember well is the quadrathlon that I did up, up that, that uh, Mount Taylor quadrathlon that I feel like I've talked about here before, but it's a winter thing, you know, four sports, you, you, you bike, you run, you cross country ski, and then you snowshoe the top of Mount Taylor in New Mexico, and then you come down. Mm -hmm. And I definitely was not well trained for that. And that, <laughs> that, you know, and I knew that going in. So I just decided I was going to make it an adventure. And I did. And it was fine, you know, because um, I, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk taper, though. So you mentioned over the weekend when we talked that you were feeling kind of achy and tired you know, and you were like, yeah, the race is a, a week away. And, but then it seemed like on Monday you had newfound energy because you were on Twitter at like what was typically past your Iron Mother bedtime. Nine fifteen. <laughs> I know. Like, I got to go to bed right now. got to take some Calm's Forte to bring myself down so I can go to bed. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I feel this week, I feel good last week. So I basically started my taper more or less like, uh, I've had probably about a 10 day taper mm -hmm. and, um, and those first six days or so, I mean, it's odd because you've got all this time on your hands because you're not really training hard, right? And you don't have your little, like, you know, endorphin rush. And you feel like you should feel like a rock star because you're not doing anything. But the reality is, is like, you know, uh, to use like a cookie analogy, like your cookies aren't baked yet. You know, like <laughs> there's still, you know, like there's still, if you took them out, like, you know how you kind of, I kind of like them like to be soft and kind of gooey, uh -huh. you know, a little doughy. Like <laughs> if I took them off, they would still be dough balls, you know, during that first week of the taper, right? <laughs> the egg you know would still, about? yes, the egg would still have the danger of salmonella, right? Exactly. Even uh -huh. if it, if it had, hadn't passed the ex expiration. Yes. Uh, and, and then this week I, I do feel better. I mean, I, but I still, I'm, I'm achy. I mean, I won't lie to you. I'm achy. I'm a little cranky as my um, family can testify. And it's, I think that's nerves as much as it is like just, you know, not getting an endorphin rush. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the thing that's hard for me is like, you know, I have gone out and done little workouts. I mean, the thing with a taper, what you should do, you don't just to get to sit down and not do anything. You want to kind of keep up some intensity, but really cut back on the volume. So like when I go out, like on, um, on Sunday, I went out for a 20 mile ride and had like, you know, like about five pickups in there to kind of, you know, get my legs moving. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then I had a four mile run and I was supposed to do just some work, just thinking about my turnover and quick steps kind of it, for a couple of those for probably about four minutes of the whole thing. Um, so so, you know, it's not like I, I got, I'm lazing around because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I normally do. Um, but, uh, but it's not, it's not like crazy amount of work. Um, and it's like, I'm achy. I'm like, whoa, if this feels, this is what it feels like, Lord help me. <laughs> Cause I got a long way to go. Um, and I think one thing that I realized, like even, you know, I was out climbing some hills on my bike this morning and my legs you know, they're going to strain no matter what, whether I'm like, you know, ready to ride the tour de France or I'm going to ride my cruiser to the pool, like going up a bike, going up a hill on a bike, you like your leg muscles strain. And for some reason, you know, I felt like during the taper, like, oh, it should be so easy. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like suddenly all this work should just make everything that felt hard before just not hard at all. Yeah, I mean, it's not a magic thing. It's it's like not suddenly like, oh, I never feel winded and my quads never strain at all. And it's just like, oh, no, it's still, it's a, you know, it's a haul to get up that hill up to the Alameda or whatever. But I think, though, things really change a lot in the last few days leading up to a race. 
when things real when your workouts really drop off and yeah. um which will you'll be you know like starting now for you <laughs> well yeah i mean i've got tomorrow I've, yeah i mean from before the race now i have about a total of an hour of work you oh, know wow. it's mostly make sure my bike gears are going and i'm gonna get in the water a couple times just to mm-hmm. make sure i don't freeze my booty off and all that um yeah. So, yeah, I mean, one thing, like, I, you know, I want, I always want the taper to, to kick in before it really does, because I'm always nervous that it won't, right, you know? Right, um, right. It's like you're pulling your parachute thing inside the airplane. It's like, no, 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 you have to wait until yeah. you actually jump out of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was thinking about it. It's kind of like birth. Like, you know, like, you know, your labor pains, you know, like, they're like, I am not in control. I am not in control. And that kind of prepares you for motherhood, like that, you know, the wide view of motherhood where, you, you know, and so it's like taper, like I am not in control. I can do what I can do and try and manage it, uh-huh. but my body has to do the work for me. Yeah. And then it kind of prepares you for the race because again, like the race, it's my attitude in my mind that I have a hundred percent control over it. Everything else, mm-hmm. you know, is going to be uh, just an interesting roller coaster, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and I also feel, um, terms of running races before train like a mother came out and I'd been on other training plans. I never felt that the taper fully worked. Like I was still felt a little fatigued come race day morning. Like the parachute did not fully open. When I jumped <laughs> crashed onto the- Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy for humans. BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com. Dot com slash amr that's barkbox.com slash amr woof thanks to storyworth for supporting our podcast storyworth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other here's how it works purchase a storyworth subscription for someone you love and each week storyworth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life the person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a storyworth number After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com slash AMR. Broke your tibia or something, but you're okay for the most part. Exactly, yeah. So, um, but with the plans to train like a mother, which um, Christine Hinton, not us, designed, um, that the tapers start a, 
a week sooner than other plans so that your last long run is three weeks out from a race rather than two weeks out. And I feel that really works like magic for this marathon, this master's marathon or so I don't know. Badass master's marathon. Oh, right. I forgot that adjective there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think, and I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of advice swirling around out there about tapers. And some people are like, you know, make it really short and just head right into the race. And some people are like, oh, stretch it out and really, you know, burn your cookies, so to speak. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I just think you all kind of have to figure out what works for you. And, um, you know, like, you know, that 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 a, a little bit longer taper feels good. And, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully, well, I'll never know if this works. I'll never have to repeat this again, but I'm feeling like it's going to work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. And I think it's natural to feel a little empty, a little anxious. You know, you got a lot more time on your hands, like you said. So, you know, you can, you got a lot more time to mull these things over. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then for the day before the, a race, um, and again, let's not talk exactly about Ironman since that is such a unique experience, but... Um, you know, there's the thinking that there's training plans that have you take a rest day two days out and then you do a shake it out run the day before, or some plans have you do that shake it out run two days before and then nothing the day before other than, you know, go to the race expo and, you know, lay around and watch, you know, HGTV in your hotel room or whatever. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, I I am all about resting the two days out. It fits in really well oftentimes if you're traveling to an away race but then I love being able to get my yayas out the day before the race. And is that, are you of that mindset? Do too, I do that? Yeah. Um, can I pick neither of the above? <laughs> <laughs> you want it two, was, you want two rest days beforehand? It's funny. Cause um, you know, I mean, I, I usually have the peep, the, the peep, the, the path of least resistance. And um, you know, and so yesterday I, I was out at this lifetime fitness club in Centennial um, leading a run with um, for this Brita she, which is a women's race coming up. Um, they have them nationwide and, and I was part of the Highlands active group. And, um, anyway, so long story to long setup to get to the story, which is someone said, you know, how do you recommend warming up for a race? <laughs> and I just laughed. I'm like, I, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, and then I told her, no, I gave a more thing, a more, a better answer, but, um, but really like, you know, for me, I, I just, I mean, I would probably like to do two miles, two to three miles, on a Friday if the race is a Sunday oh. and I would do three miles on a Saturday too. Mm-hmm. If, if I had a coach and she told me to, but if I'm just going into a race by myself, I would probably go out on Friday and not on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once again, you're the yin to my yang. So. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, so do you, do you like to drive a course? If you, if like you haven't seen it before, will you go out and, and take a look or will you leave yeah. it up to Brain. Yeah, no, I um. So when Molly and I drove to Vancouver to do the marathon last month, she was the one who said, "Oh, let's drive the course." And I was like thinking, "That makes the marathon seem awfully long to drive it." <laughs> uh, so, but you know, when you get weight loss along the way, like we did, it it sort of doesn't. That feels really long. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's not my choice to drive a marathon, but then I did like it that. And, you know, I mean, I have been to Vancouver, BC before, but I don't know it very well. And and I particularly didn't know some of the parts that the marathon went through. So it did help to be like, oh, okay, you know, there's this climb, you know, from 9 to 10K, and then it goes through residential area and, you know, there's shade from whatever to whatever. So so I could change my tune on that. I I can, you know... uh, I can take it or leave it. Like I had, um, so when I did the Big Sur Marathon in 
20, mm, 2009. And I did it with Lindsay Emery, who is a um, another freelance writer, friend of ours. And I, so it's Big Sur is a point-to-point course. And I remember being just shocked that she and her husband, who was also Ryan, had driven the whole course. And it's all along Highway 1. And I was like, oh, that would not have worked for me. I mean, just a point-to-point would really emphasize what a long course it was. So I guess maybe I like it if there's a couple turns and I can know that sort of thing, but as a general sure. rule, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. how about you? Are you gonna? That's, I mean, I'm the same way. You you know, I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I um, I mean, I you know, the, for me, the, the less information, the better. I mean, I remember uh, <laughs> I did the wildflower triathlon, the half Ironman. Um, gosh, a long, long time ago. And there's a, I feel like I've told this story before, and if I have, I'm sorry. Um, but there is a hill that is wicked hard, and it's. Um, and I can't, it's got a name, it's got like a heartbreak hill kind of name, but mm-hmm. I can't think of what it is right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember starting up it and I'm like, wow, I've been on this for a while at this aid station. I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to ask the guy where I am. And I'm like, oh, so how far up we, how far are we up? And he goes, that's too soon to be asking it. <laughs> oh, Lordy child. Um, so, uh, so I would have behooved me to, to derive that course. Um, but yeah, usually I just, I mean, I look at a course profile now, like I have recently, um, just so I have a sense of where I am. That That's not always my MO. Sometimes I just go for it because I'm like, dude, the hill's in front of you. You're going to have to climb it anyway, you know, and I've and then- It is and, what it is. It is what it is. And, you know, and then you've got more, you haven't wasted energy worrying about it, which mm-hmm. that's a big, you know, that's a big concern of mine because I can become a little bit of a worry wart. That's so funny um, that you become concerned about worrying. That's <laughs> <laughs> my point. I'm a little bit of a worry wart. Uh, so with, when I talked to my coach, Bree, I was like, so do you want me to drive the course? Kind of like ask, you know, in a tone that was like, please say no, please say no. And she was like, yeah. And I, and I, and I get that, you know? Um, and the good news is everything is a loop. So it's two loops of the bike course, two loops of the run course. So I'm just going to go, you know, drive 56 miles and drive 13 miles. So it won't be, um, you know, won't feel too overwhelming. Oh yeah. um, Also to drive 112 miles would take you quite a while. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and the thing to remember, if you do drive a course, there's two things that, that Brie and I talked about. First mm-hmm. of all, I feel like hills always look harder from the car. Oh, yeah. It's the perspective. When yeah. When you're up yeah. up high. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that and then the other thing is that I learned that during the century that I did a couple of weeks ago, that's like rolling hills. Actually, I kind of already knew it, but it, it um, emphasized it. If you're doing a rolling hills course and you're on the top of a hill, like you've just climbed one, you've got to go down and then you see another one in the distance. Mm -hmm. Like it always looks worse from up above than it does from down below. Oh yeah. There's um, a road near my parents' house that is just total rolling hills. And every time when I'm at the top of one, you know, I've crested one, I look down, I'm like, oh gosh, that next one is just enormous. And then as I'm climbing, I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. I must be really, you know, and I of course think, oh, must be like a better runner than I think I am. And it's like, no, it's because you're not standing, you know, a hundred feet above it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's, I always kind of take solace in that when when you're doing a rolling hills course is because, you know, especially if it is really relentlessly rolling, you're just like enough already, enough already. But each time, you know, you get a little bit more pumped up because you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And also, I have to say that, um, you know, I know that we talk about studying elevation maps in, in um, do we talk about that in Run Like a Mother or Train Like a Mother? Well, anyway, we, we talked about it. And um, I just, I feel they are just, they, I don't know whether they're never accurate or whether they, you know, being out there 
feels totally different than it actually looks on paper. So it's kind of the converse of what we were just talking about, saying that, you know, in a car, hills look worse. Well, when you're on your feet, they look worse than they do on paper because it's, or, you know, on a computer screen, it's just like, oh, they said rolling hills and it showed like, oh, look, bip, only up 75 feet over, you know, a quarter mile and everything. And it's like, oh, this feels terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to know. You know, and that that whole unless you're maybe an engineer or something like that, but mm-hmm. you know, converting that like 200 feet over mile is that hard? I don't know. Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I just don't know, right. and, I, and I still don't know. You know, it's, and so and then and then you kind of look at it, and you're like, you look at a course, and you're like, holy cow, like that looks like you know EKG machine, and then you realize that it's like you know the scale is from zero to 80 feet. You know, right. and you're like, yeah. oh, that's not so bad. You know, but it's it's just. Hard, unless it's like flatlined, like, you know, there, there's some translation needing to be done and something always gets lost in translation. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> Particularly for us liberal arts major types, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, and, and how about regret in the day or days leading up to a race? Um, I'm, I, less so now, but uh, but uh, I don't know, sometimes even, even when I got to Vancouver, I was left thinking kind of like, why did I sign up for this again? <laughs> you know, and then, yeah. that because yeah. you you put yourself in that situation and that and you paid and you paid money to do it. it's not just like you know you just wandered into a race one day but it's like you have rearranged your whole life to train for it you've paid quite a bit of money for the entry fee the hotel the travel you know like yeah. you willingly you you're in a hundred percent you're all in as they say yeah yeah and just I don't know. There's, I, I oftentimes will be thinking about like, oh, well, if I wasn't doing this marathon this weekend, then we would just be like hanging out and, you know, I'd be finally planting those, that pot garden, you know, with all the little, you know, annual plants that I've been wanting to do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then, but then you wouldn't be you. So that's the thing. Like, this Mm. is what we do, right? This is what we do. And even with the dread that comes with it, like, it's it all the good that comes after it is worth it. Oh, I tell you, I remember so, so vividly the days and night leading up to my first marathon, which was the San Francisco Marathon. And I had been living temporarily with Jack in Chicago. So but I'd flown home to my place in San Francisco. So I was alone there. And Oh, just the dread and the why did I do this? And, you know, should, you know, and then there's the, well, I I don't have to show up, you know, and this is before, you know, that I actually had people, you know, paying attention to what races I did a little bit. And, uh, you know, it was pre-Facebook, so no one would have known. Exactly. They wouldn't have been charting you on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's funny. I mean, I'm sure I've had... I think I kind of said I didn't have those feelings. I'm sure I had those feelings before Nike Women's. I'm sure I had that feeling before New York City. It's just been so long that it's kind of like childbirth. I kind of forgot it. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have those feelings before a half marathon. Mm. And and I didn't have it before the aqua bike last, last fall because I knew I didn't have to run. <laughs> <laughs> and and then and then this half Ironman that I just did, I, you know, like I, I knew that I, I was really well trained for it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's very possible that I have that. And I am sure once I, you know, once I wheels down in Spokane, um, I will start to feel just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will not. I mean, I, I've already told myself, like, I'm only going to spend like an hour at the expo because I just can get so worked up, you know, and I really, mm-hmm. I, I really just got to run my own race and be in my own head. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're changing the swim start, um, wow. this year. Um, so, and, and, and it's to, uh, it's for a very good cause, you know, to prevent <laughs> people from dying. So that, that is a pretty good cause. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it's going to be just like a like a running race start, you know, where where you you kind of seed yourself and you go off there and people, you know, I mean, I've just kind of poked in on different internet discussions and stuff mm-hmm. and people are just have their underwear in a bundle about it, you know, because <laughs> you know, Ironman is all about the mass start and 2000 swimmers in the water. It's every, you know, man and iron mother for their own and I'm kind of like, wow, you know, let's just not waste energy talking about this. It's going to be a long day no matter what, you know, and so. But, but is there implication that, that some people who consider themselves weaker swimmers will just like stand on the beach until all of you have taken off and then they'll go? Well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think they're doing self-seeding. So the faster swimmers go first and then, and then the, um, then the, and then it just kind of filters on down. Because before it would have been, so I understand it would have been maybe like people, I don't know, 20 to 35 starting and then. No, 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 no. It's a mass start. Everyone in the water at seven, the gun go, cannon goes but off. How was, how were they organized otherwise? Is there no organization? Everyone goes at once. Oh, I know, no, I know everybody goes at once, but there was no, because when you mentioned in the half Iron Man, you mentioned like that people have certain color caps. So the people who are in your all wearing lavender caps or all wearing red caps don't start it in one area. It's just. No, no, oh. they don't. And they didn't at the half Iron Man either. Um, but they were just women and men. Maybe. Or, yeah, no, I think we all have the same color caps. I think women and men have different color caps in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I can confirm that in a couple of days. But <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, it's it's, it's you get in the water and, and you self-seed in the water. Uh-huh. But it's not the same as being like, okay, these people are swimming, you know, from a 1 to a 110, you know. Oh, oh wow. Total time. These guys are swimming from a 110 to a 120. They won't know. have like floating buoys that, that are like that. I mean, the same way they have corrals that say if you're running faster than a nine-minute mile, start ahead of this banner like i don't think i think you're starting on the beach so oh oh that's oh i i envisioned it like the way when you see kona with everybody kind of just bobbing around like ducks in the water yeah i think that's what it was up until this i mean i'll know more i'll be able to tell you all about it (laughs) in a couple days but um and i know the athlete meeting is going to probably take like two and a half hours and at some point i'm going to be like enough already you know people right. are gonna ask like can i pee in my wetsuit can i pick my nose you know like just everyone gets so nitpicky can you snap um, like a dry twig during that meeting and just like, put people in their shut mouth? up <laughs> you know okay i'm a, a little bit of a faster swimmer so no oh, matter Dimity, what, no, no no you are a faster swimmer like hands okay. down you okay i'm you, a faster swimmer mm-hmm. and so i so i'm gonna seed myself appropriately um and you know people on the internet are all like you know triathletes are such liars about their swim time and blah blah <laughs> you know and i'm just like oh yeah yeah and so anyway so i'm gonna you know it's two laps of the swim course too so you know i'm gonna swim 1.2 come out and you know i mean at some point I, we are, I'm going to get tangled up with people who are, mm, you know, breaststroking, yeah. which mm-hmm. is fine. You know, if you can get in under the, a lot of time, you know, that's do, do what you've got to do. But oh, I mean, what it's is just the... going to be a cluster no matter what, like, yes. again, it's a long day and it's, you know, it's not like everyone has their own little lap lane, you know, like, <laughs> so. And there's no, there's no buoys that, you know, lines that keep people together, you know, okay, you three in, right over here. And now you three exactly. right over there. Exactly. So, um, in circles, in circles. and what is the time cutoff for the swim? You know, I don't know. So I think it's, it might be two, it's either, I think it's 220. I know it's mm-hmm. out, I know it's over two hours. It's either 210 or 220. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so, and, um, th- that was very interesting. It was an interesting side note, but the, um, let's one final topic we talk about, about race anticipation, the biggie, which is sleep the night before. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah cause, yeah. cause I mean, in, in with my memories of that San Francisco marathon, we're just laying on my, you know, double bed, just tossing 
turning, tossing again, turning some more. And just, I mean, I think I probably slept for, it felt like 20 minutes. Maybe it was two hours and just, you know. That's the worst where you're like, I haven't, you wake up and you're like, I have not slept at all. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really, and I felt, I, I still had trouble sleeping. I remember very, um, vividly not being able to sleep very well the night before the Eugene marathon when I PR'd and gee, thanks Jack for calling me at, uh, you know, like, I don't know, 1230 or one in the morning to wish me well. And I'd stupidly <laughs> left my phone on. There's a, there's a tip for people is turn, either turn your phone off or turn it to airplane mode or something, which I have learned to do because sure enough, like the night before Vancouver, I turn, when I turn my phone back on the next morning, bing, bing, you know, the little shattered glass sound of, you know, there's some text from people being like, oh, you know, you know, rocket champy way to go. We'll be cheering for you. And that's from the family or whatever. And I'm like, that's they, really- dang these people trying to wish you well, Sarah, right? <laughs> know, them. right? Leave me the heck alone. <laughs> but I mean, really, he need, Jack needed to send that, you know, at 1230 after watching, you know, I don't know, the Lakers, <laughs> play the bulls or something i mean come on he was all fired up he was all fired up <laughs> right. yeah and i've got to say calms forte has been a huge training aid for me um and calms forte if you don't know it's made by highlands um it's a homeopathic sleep aid i kind of call it like you know the the granola version of tylenol pm is how i think of it because you know it doesn't have medicine it just helps you sleep uh-huh. so i've taken it quite a bit and it's non-habit forming too which is also a nice attribute um <laughs> on nights where I feel like I need to get to sleep, but Mm -hmm. I'm not quite as tight as I need to be. Like I want every last second of sleep. So I suck down a couple tablets and I just feel like it just kind of puts me at ease. You know, it may be a little bit of a placebo, you know, at this Mm -hmm. point because I've taken it so much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You've built up an immunity to it. Yeah. But (laughs) I I mean, what we find it does, because I I love Calm Sporte as well, is it helps um, my mind stopped racing, you know, which is not what you want to do the night before you're actually racing. And that sometimes exactly. even just the thought of, well, well, I've had a tough day at work, or I'm kind of still, you know, irked about what happened at dinner time or whatever. I'm going to have trouble falling asleep. So I will take Calm Sporte almost to like circumvent that laying there for 30 or 45 minutes of trying to calm down. So, exactly. you know, almost get ahead of the curve because, but I, um, I still sometimes, I mean, I, for me going to sleep before I discovered Calm Sorte was, I was finally able, when I did those three half marathons in quick succession in the spring of 2011, which brought on my plantar fasciitis, but that's a whole nother episode. Um, but, uh, that doing. What, what size are your feet? So? <laughs> 10 and a half, 10 and a half women's. <laughs> sometimes in 11. Um, and, uh, yeah, but doing those, uh, when I became a half marathon fanatic, what I feel it did for me on the plus side was that it taught me how to just chill and go to sleep the night before a race. Um, cause that is so frustrating to just lay there and be sleepless. And then the question is, are you going to be taking Comp Sporte the night before Iron Oh, Road? yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm taking a full bottle <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And then, you know, I've got to wake up at like three 30 and stuff my face or 4am. So, um, so yeah, so it will definitely be a big tool and I will be, you know, in my pajamas in bed at seven o'clock on, on Saturday night. Okay. So I'll make sure to text you then at like two or 3 a.m. <laughs> text me at 7.45 and I'll be like, that's Sarah. Leave me alone. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, well, um, you know, uh, even though this will be airing after your Ironman, you know, I hope you know how many people will be thinking of you and sending you such 
uh, you know, psychic good wishes and strength and everything on Sunday. So, um, thank you. Yes. Yes. So, and, um, to find out all about Dimity's adventures and, and, you know, our sleep patterns and, and all those things, um, all those things, those really interesting things, right. Those oversharing things. Um, we overshare on Facebook at run like a mother, the book on our website, anothermotherrunner.com on Twitter at the mother runner. And our books are Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother. We'd love if you'd purchase those on Amazon.com. Whether you have um, good anticipation or jittery nerves beforehand, we wish you many happy miles. I see you shiver with anticipation.